Today on Seeking Wisdom, we're going to talk about why great products don't always win. We're back. I can hear, I can always hear the music coming in. Uh, Okay, so we're going to talk about why great products always win, but... uh, Don't always win. uh, Don't always win, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Great products don't always win, but... People think that great products always win. That's for sure. Like, all you got to do is build a great product. And they will come. And they will come. Uh, but before we dive in on that, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, Uh-oh. So something that comes up that all the time is like, we talk about learning and knowledge and all the time, right? Dave has a weird look on his face right now. <laughs> so I'm nervous. Because I want, I want you to articulate this for people that are listening. Okay. You always say something like, I'm not going to articulate it, but like, you know, I'm always like, ah, should, should we share this? Or like, should I share this thing I'm reading? Or like... Or I say to you, like, wow, all the answers are pretty obvious, like, once you read them. Yep. And you kind of have this saying, which is, like, people already know all the answers. Or, or they're not going to do it. It's okay to share the secrets because the majority of people aren't going to do anything with it. Yes. I, I want you to talk about that so for a second. Like, expound on that? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go into that. You get what I'm asking yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So I say that all the time. I say, like, um, we already know the answers. Right, yeah. and we're reminded them all the time. Right, deep down we know what the answer is, and uh, and then I also say when Dave is when, when we're talking about sharing things that we've learned, should we share them? Because oh no, a competitor might or you know a competitor might hear what we're doing. Yeah. I say share it. They're not going to do it anyway uh, because people need to be in the right frame of mind, and uh, you need to be at the right point. It's all about context to me. You got to be in the right context to be able to hear. And learn from these lessons. So um, until you're in that right context, nothing, you can read it a thousand times. It's yeah. not going to make sense to you. And that's why learning is so much about um, not only reading, digesting, listening, whatever format you're taking on that you're taking in the learning, but it's as much about application as anything else. And until you apply yourself, until you put yourself in the right situation, until you have the right context, in other words, you can't begin to learn. So this is what, this is what we even talk about on the last episode which is about like working out yes like you know the you know the secret totally and yeah. i you know everyone's guilty of it i'm totally guilty of, of it like i'll geek out example. read a bunch of stuff on whether it's crossfit or body weight this or that and i'm following i'm looking at videos i'm reading um doing everything until i until i actually try to apply it none of it will make sense to me i could read all about perfect form i could like study perfect form to the end of time until I actually try to do that first pull up that first move it's not going to make sense to me and it's the it's the same I'm not going to know the questions to ask it's like why we talk about there's like there's no playbooks like the only cure is learning and doing yes and then you can develop your own playbooks and your playbooks are personal to you and personal to the context that you're in and I was talking to uh I had a one-on-one with one of our uh developers today what's up Ali What's up, Ali? <laughs> uh, and we were talking a lot about uh, all the stuff that he's learning. And, uh, and, and the point of it was um, that he had read about it and he had known about some of these things that he's learning. But it wasn't until he was in this context that we're in right now, which is kind of an early stage company, that it made sense, that he could actually learn these things. And, I, and the important point about this whole thing was that um, 
that you could learn a lot of things, like in his case about engineering development, you can learn those anywhere. You can learn those on your own because you can experiment them on your own. You can place yourself in the right context. You can learn uh, in a hack group. You can learn at a big company. You can learn at a small company. But the stuff that he pointed out that he was learning right now at Drift, uh, he could only learn right here, right now, because you need to be in this context to learn these lessons. Right. That's, that's a really good lesson. Yeah, so it's because of the stage of what we're going through, yes. and he's having to apply that. Exactly. Or somebody at a bigger company could have told yeah, this is how you do it. Like, yeah, they could read the Lean Startup or whatever <laughs> book they want to read all day long. Until they're in the Lean Startup, uh, none of it was going to make yeah. sense. It'll make sense intellectually, yeah. but it won't actually make sense uh, deep down, viscerally. No, it's a, good, it's a really mm-hmm. good lesson for this stage. It's something that I feel myself nodding along with. All right, let's get, uh, tell me, so you and I were trading messages. We were kind of talking about future topics, mm-hmm. future things um, we were going to write about. And this has been coming up a bunch. Yeah. And it's actually something that you've kind of been like preaching to our team here. Mm-hmm. It's just like as we're building a product, um, it's not just going to be about the best looking UX or the hottest product mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the newest technology. Uh, wh- wh- where did this like idea? Where what what spawned this this conversation about great products not always winning? Uh, my own kind of experience, like other things, this comes from experience. Uh, I started out as an engineer, uh, and so all engineers, whether you're a designer, you're a marketer, you're a writer, or whatever, if you're crafting something on your own, uh, you feel like that thing that you're building because you identify with it, you get it, and it's so uh, you get why it should exist. Uh, you think that thing should be able to stand on its own and it should kind of sell itself and everyone else should get it. And, uh, and it's obvious because it's obvious in your own mind. And, uh, and so the thing that I learned over time was that you could build the best software ever, in my case, you know, as a developer, and that if the customer didn't care or the market didn't care or the timing was off or something else out of your control was uh, basically didn't care about the invention or the solution that you created, it didn't matter. The product was not going to win. And the best products I saw time and time again did not win. And you can go back in time, and this is not only a software thing, and look at all kinds of products that we've used in our lives, and, uh, and you'll see that it's not necessarily the best products that, that win, but it's the, be- it's the products that meet the need and are able to... Um, basically explain themselves clearly and resonate with people that win, right? That capture a movement. Yeah. And that's why sometimes it's not the first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Maybe it's the 10th iteration of a, of a product that really actually uh, captures escape velocity. Well, I can't, I can't think of an example off the, off the top of my head, but I feel like there's always something that's like, you know, a bunch of your friends are early adopters or people are mm-hmm. like, you know, fucking around with something. They're like, man, this is awesome. This is going to yeah. be the future. Yeah. And it's really amazing, but it just never, it never ends up catching on. Oh, totally. That's why the, uh, a lot of the times in, um, amongst geeks and developers and whatever, like enthusiasts of something, the, the most pure, best version in their opinion, being enthusiasts and fully understanding the problem, um, for them, they think that should be the winner and it'll be the, shittier, cheaper, you know, more commercial version, the, the more compromised version in their view that actually captures uh, escape yeah. velocity with the world. How does it, okay, so how does this actually play out? Like you said, you know, engineers, designers, and PMs aren't going to like this, saying that good products, yeah. great products aren't, aren't going to win, right? Because you, you get into that, you know, you get into that world because you want to build amazing products, mm-hmm. right? And you think, oh, this is what, this is what it's going to take to win. Yep. But that's obviously not the case. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you, how do you fix that? So we, fit, you know, we try to fix it by having 
those people that create stuff be closest to the source of truth, which in our, which right. is always the customer. Right. So that's the immediate way that we solve it. And then the, the other way that we try to educate is that we, we can point at other companies that they may be familiar with uh, or they may have come, come from and point at them and say, those companies maybe hit escape velocity or um, hit scale without having the best product. And maybe the best product that, the product that they have now, which you might think is the best, was only, only came about much later in their history because the first version was not the best version. Yeah. And I feel like that's got to be so maddening, right? You're, it is. You're building something yeah. that you know is technically better. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't no matter. one cares. Right. It doesn't matter. So right. you could write the best book in the world, and if no one gets it, and, but you, you yourself, yeah. your mom and your yeah. best friend, like, and no one else in the world gets it, it doesn't matter. Right. It wasn't the best book. You know, my, my favorite... So on the marketing, like the marketing flip side of mm-hmm. this, my favorite quote about marketing. What's that? Uh, that there's no marketing cure for sucking. Yeah, I love which that. Which is like, okay, you could be the best marketer in the world, yep. right? You could be like, you know, the SEO ma- man and yeah. like the traffic master yeah. and the branding god. Yeah. You're doing all this stuff. Yeah. But if you're selling dog shit, yeah. right, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And it's the same thing on both sides. Or, yeah. you're, or you're trying to market something that the market isn't ready for or people don't care about. Totally. So it's a timing thing all it's around. It's a timing thing. And, and what you have to do, which is tricky, is, is um, sort of meet in the middle. There is this place yeah. that happens all the time that where the product isn't great. It's not shit, but it's not great. Um, but, and the, but it's good enough for the market, and the marketing is good enough for the state of the product that together they can hit escape velocity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's probably, I mean, this has to play into why you are such a big believer in like small autonomous teams yep. because you have the authority to move fast and just like ship things. And really the ultimate mindset, which you always talk about, which is like defaulting to being wrong. Yeah, being wrong. That is the, uh, that's the ultimate guardrail for me. Well, the customer is, but then having this mindset of uh, always go in and expect that you're wrong. And, uh, and again, today I had this one-on-one with Ali, and <laughs> yeah. this came up because, in a different context, yeah. it came up because um, he was talking about dynamics, you know, in teams, and how do you learn to work with other people, and all this kind of stuff that we all have to learn and struggle with and deal with different personalities and all that. Uh, and I was saying that a technique that I've used is this very technique, which is to assume that you're wrong and to use the customer as the impartial third party. And so for him being a developer and talking to other developers and you know maybe arguing about the best way to do something or the most pure way to build something, maybe instead of having that argument, which is more about like my idea is better than your idea, right. say, to, say to them, like both our ideas are probably wrong. Let's go figure out if the customer even cares because why build something that they don't even want? Right. And then... Uh, get it out to them as quickly as possible, and then we can refine that. Right, so let's find a way to validate this. Exactly. Again, back to lean startup yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Validate. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but, but it's interesting because it also, like, it just changes the way that, that you you work. Let's let's mm-hmm. ship something so we can figure out whether we're right or wrong. Yeah. It took me a long time to to have the my own experiences and now be able to look at other companies and look around and say, like, wow, look at all these companies that have become so successful that didn't have the best product. And this is back to the very beginning of this conversation. Like, It took me getting into this my own context of seeing it myself to be able to even see that. Obviously, that was all around me the whole time, but I couldn't see it until I had gone through that journey myself and then looked around and said, oh, yeah, no, duh, obvious. Yeah. Uh, not The best product doesn't always win. Uh, but you don't see that until you have certain experiences. I mean, we, we talk about it. It's a, it's a popular story, 
Like when you and Elias and Performal went to HubSpot, yeah. HubSpot was doing thirty-five million in revenue with a with a product that a lot of people knew wasn't the greatest greatest product. Yeah. Yep, but they had the, a great story and they had great uh, marketing market engine fit. was crushing it. Yeah, and, and sales engine was crushing it, and they had a great market fit, right? Problem market fit, I should say. Right, right. it's really problem market fit. Let's redefine it. So PMF is problem market fit, not product market fit. Product should stem from the problem, right? Identifying the problem. So they had amazing problem market fit. And then, yes, we could fix the product and get the product to, to meet the problem in the market yeah. later. Yeah. All right, so let's, let's leave people with a lesson. So you said something like, this, this, this is more of a mindset thing, it seems mm-hmm. like. Just your lesson seems to be like, once you were able to open your thinking to this, yep. understanding that the mm-hmm. great products don't always win, you're able to change the way that you work. Yes. All right. So open up your mindset, problem market fit, not product market fit. But I got one more last thing okay. to go. go. I got a tangent to go on. Are you ready for a tangent? Um, yeah. We're ready. We're here. <laughs> we're here. People are locked in in their cars, walking in the gym, ready at work, All right. listening to Seeking Wisdom right now. All right. I want to give you context. I've written a couple of blog posts in the past and uh, in some circles become infamous for, for arguing why you don't need an MBA to start a company. Right? And, I, and I stand behind that. And so, oh, so I got categorized as the anti-MBA guy. I'm not anti-MBA, but you don't need one to start a company. We could talk more about that in a different episode if people want. Okay. But here's, I want to, I'm going to put out, uh, I want to hire an MBA. You're hiring an MBA. DC is hiring an MBA. And we're talking about the same MBA, master's degree. Yeah, <laughs> Okay. exactly, All MBA. Right. Ideally, we're based in Boston, so this is a local thing. Yep. Uh, so ideally... Uh, MBA from from one of the local schools, okay. you know HBS, uh, Sloan, which is MIT, or any of the other local schools, and bunch of reasons I'm doing this. But I get a lot of I've I've given some talks at a, lots of talks at at HBS or Sloan or whatever other MBA programs, uh, and one of the questions I get all the time, and I get it in my in my email, which I can't answer anymore. Um, uh, almost every day is like, how do I break into a fast-growing company? How do I, I'm just graduating from MBA program, like, how do I get into this company, that company? How do I join Drift? And I want to be, you know, a leader. I want to be an operator. I want to do, you know, I want to get into the scene. And so here's the job. It's called OIR. I'm, hi- I'm hiring an OIR. OIR stands for Operator in Residence, right? And uh, it's a one-year commitment to join me here at Drift, and you'll get to see Dave's smiling face every, every day. day. Pull over, take notes. This take is notes. important. Uh, and you're going to come in, and I'm giving you an opportunity to come here and earn your way uh, either towards an operating role at Drift in the future, a year from now, if you earn it, if you're uh, a superstar, or maybe you want to start your own company, and I'll pledge to be the first investor in your company if you kill it after the first year. Damn, that's a pretty good deal. We that's were talking about this at lunch today. Yeah. Or, there's, two, there's two outcomes. Hold on. We, you, can't, you can't fast forward to this. Okay. There's two outcomes. Work at Drift as OIR. Yeah. Operator. Your, right, operators. Work, work directly under you, right? Yeah, or two, for me. Two outcomes are, number one, get an get a operating role at Drift. Yep. Fast-growing company, mm-hmm. right? See what it's like to take a company from pre-product market fit all the way through it. Yeah, to scale. Or you want to go start your own company if that's why you went and got your MBA or that's why you want to reach out to DC yeah. in the first place. Mm-hmm. He'll be the first money in. I'll be the first money in. 
while working with me, you, you're going to have exposure, you're going to have access, you're going to meet all the people that I, that I know uh, throughout the year, but you're going to have to earn your way. All right, This is time to put your money where your mouth is and time to earn your way. So you're going to be assist me in all sorts of stuff at Drift, whether it's Drift stuff, whether it's family stuff, whatever. You're going to be right-hand woman or man, whoever it is, uh, to myself, and you're going to have to earn your way. So do you think people are up for it? I think this is, I think this is an unbelievable opportunity. Uh, a, because you're, 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 you have the olive branch out to the NBA crowd, right? I do. I'm uh, extending. But I think, I think you know, there's not a lot of operating. You're, you're, you're extending an offer for an operating role. Yes. And then you don't even have to work at this company. Yep. You're going to get an angel check from you a year from now. From a year from um, now. If you kill it. If you kill it. Yeah. But I think you need to explain a little bit more. Because yes. I think it's not just going to be like this person is, uh, you know, yeah, pull up, pull up your little, I'm pull, pull up, up your my job notes. description. My job description. Um, I don't know if people are ready for this. No, I think, I think, I, th- I don't think they're They I, tell me they're ready for <laughs> it. They tell, they keep telling me yeah. they're ready. They keep but, telling me they're hungry. But what you're looking for, and yeah. I know you, is somebody who, like, isn't going to be afraid to roll up their sleeves and clean the nasty ass sink that we have here at Drift. Absolutely, all That's the way up to, to uh, you know, you get asked to speak somewhere and, and go fly somewhere and, and and go hang out and you know experience that from yeah. helping us forecast to doing all the MBA to creating stuff. powerpoints if we needed to creating decks to yeah. scheduling meetings yeah. to uh, being you know doing any of that stuff that to answer my email. You want to answer my email? Well, you, someone needs yeah, you. Somebody needs. Please, <laughs> please take this job. He yeah, needs help with because I don't answer. Um, <laughs> All right, you got your bullets up. Give yeah, us, I got give my, us, my, give us some. my bullets right here. So it's a one-year mission, like I said, to come here, and after one year, you will have either earned an operating role, ideally in a leadership capacity, but no promises at Drift. Again, you need to earn it. You decide to start your own company, and I will be the first money in if you're the, if you are this rock star. You got to be super hungry, ready to prove yourself. That should go without saying. Uh, you're ready to outwork, out hustle, out grind everyone around here, including Uncle DC. That's going to be hard. He gets up really early. It's obnoxious. <laughs> uh, it is obnoxious. And uh, <laughs> by the end of the year, you you will have recruited your own replacement and trained them. Uh, you know, as you take your new role. But you'll be doing everything from scheduling to emails, my emails, that is, to helping out with Drift, family, traveling, uh, either coordination or traveling with me, um, being the single point of contact for, like, mostly external communication, uh, creating presentations, creating spreadsheets, creating decks, uh, analyzing the market, uh, all of the stuff that you've been training to do, you're going to get to do here at Drift. And uh, in return, you're going to either have earned your spot on the team or earned your check for your first company, and you're going to have access to uh, my network, to everyone that I know. Uh, you're going to have exposure, and uh, maybe you'll even be uh, have some time on Seeking Wisdom. Maybe. We'll see. Don't well, push you, it, man. you gotta get through. You got to get through DG. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, I don't think you gave enough weight to the, like, you're using the core MBA skills, like the yes, operational that's stuff. that's true. I think, um, you know, but I, I know you, and I know the test is going to be, Use the core operational stuff, but show you can put in the work yeah. and do the grind. And, and it's not you're not having somebody answer your emails because, like, you know, you just want to like, can can you roll up your sleeves and, and be and in get the it leads? done? Yeah. yeah, listen first thing. Listen to our carry the water episode, right? Super important. And you should not uh, think about this opportunity if one you're concerned with getting 
paid as an MBA, right? This is uh, an apprenticeship. Yeah. You're going to get paid, and you get paid uh, comfortably. But uh, you're afraid to roll up your sleeves and get dirty. And like Dave said, clean the sink if the sink has to be cleaned. Uh, you're afraid to carry the water. And if you're concerned with nine-to-five work-life balance, whatever, this ain't the place for you. And, uh, and if you think that people should care about your past experience or your degrees uh, and that should earn you a spot, then you're wrong, and probably this is the wrong place for you. But I think it's going to be a tremendous opportunity. I hope someone, I hope lots of people reach out, and I hope we find a superstar through Seeking Wisdom. I love it. I think it's, I think it's a great idea. You keep coming up with PR ideas left and right. <laughs> I've, okay, wait, wait. I want to ask a serious right. question. No more, what, no more uh, what do you think advertising. Of, no, no, I love it. I love it. Uh, what, what are we going to do? we post this somewhere? Yeah, we're going to post it somewhere. So in the show notes of this episode, I'll have a link uh, that you can go to and you can post it with all the stuff written up uh, that we mentioned and more. And, uh, and then, you know, if we do end up hiring someone from the Seeking Wisdom crowd, uh, we'll tell you about it in a future episode. Damn, and I love it. And get, and get on a future episode and say, well, we got to tell. They gotta that, that'll be the Seeking Wisdom is telling the story about how they, how they heard it applied. Ooh, right? I love it, bro. What do you think? Uh, what do you want this to change? Like, you think are you going into this thing that's going to change your perspective, or are you just uh, just trying to do something different? I'm trying to. I'm not. I don't know if I'm trying to change my perspective. I'm trying to um, give someone an, op- uh, an opportunity. Yeah. So the thing, one of the things that I love the most is because uh, lots of people have given me, and an endless list of people throughout my life have given me uh, a hand up. Right, and have given me an opportunity. And one thing that I love is finding those hidden gems and finding those people who just need, you know, someone to help them even a little bit so that they can get going. Uh, so I want to do that. I want to try to help someone. And I, I hear we don't have an operating role for for a fresh MBA grad, right, uh, at Drift. But I get so many people contact me who contact me who is that type of person. Yeah. And so here, this is a way to to offer someone like that an opportunity. And we can use the help. That's right. No doubt. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode. So we talked about why great products don't always win. And we talked about if you're an MBA locally here in Boston, Cambridge, this could be your opportunity to come spend a year here, work directly for DC, and be Drift's uh, very first operator in residence. All right, booyah.